Hello and welcome to episode 186 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. 60% of women, it's noticeable and it's obvious. And the vast majority of women say that the symptoms that they have have a really negative impact on their ability to work. And so that is the main reason I believe that we need to be talking about it at work. And in today's episode, we're talking about work, life, the menopause and everything. It is World Menopause Day today. Why on earth are we talking about that? Well, we're going to tell you why we're talking about it very soon. It's not something that you hear people talking about very often. Yet, according to Mel in one of her recent articles, Mel Kettle, who's my guest today, it affects 20% of the workforce. It's such an important topic and uh, we're going to be talking about it in today's show. Let's get on with it right now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and, and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Ian Anson Gray here, episode 186. It's great to be back. Uh, with another episode. Hopefully we're going to go, uh, they're going to be doing two live broadcasts this week, getting, getting back into the swing of things. Got lots of exciting things coming up just before I bring in my guest today. Uh, just to let you know, there is, I'm doing a workshop in sunny Newcastle in the northeast of England at the end of October. So this is the Confident Live workshop. There are still tickets available if you're watching live. If you go to iag.me forward slash workshop, iag.me forward slash workshop. I'm basically joining forces with Andrew and Pete who are doing a, a mastermind in the afternoon. And then the following two days, my friend Janet Murray has got an amazing event up in Newcastle called Courageous Content Live or Courageous Content Live 2022. So that's that. And also I've got my toolkit. So if you're wanting to take things to the next level in terms of your content creation, live streaming, podcasting, this is for you. Go to iag.me forward slash toolkit and you can find out more about that. Well, in today's episode, we're talking about lots of different things. We're going to be talking about a new book by my good friend, Mel Kettle, who has written this book called Fully Connected. It's a really cool book. I'm starting reading it. I'm very, very excited. I was just excited about the title and the subtitle. So that kind of tells you um, something about the book if you're, if you're really drawn in by that. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, but we're going to be talking also about the menopause because today is World Menopause Day. Uh, and although I'm a bloke, I obviously don't know much about it, but my wife is, um, well, she's of that age too. We'll put it that way. So this is something that I'm really interested to know more about. And uh, whether you're uh, going through the menopause yourself or whether you know someone who is, this is going to be a really interesting and helpful conversation. Work 
anyway, it's time to bring in my fabulous guest today, who is Mel Kettle, who is an internationally recognized expert at fully connected leadership and communication. She works with leaders and teams that want to achieve real connection and sustained engagement. She is the best-selling author of Fully Connected and the host of the podcast This Connected Alive. Welcome to the show, Mel. Great to have you here. <laughs> there we go. We've got, we've got the crowds here, the red carpet. What more do you want? Well, it's great to have you, Mel. You're, you're dialing in from just, uh, we were talking about this just before we started recording. Uh, you're just uh, about an hour away from Brisbane on the coast and you've got the mountains on one side and you've got the, the beautiful sound of the ocean on the other. And I was just saying I wasn't jealous at all. Uh, but how are you doing today, Mel? I'm fantastic. Thank you. It's seven minutes past eight in the evening here. Um, for the last few weeks, I've been complaining because Queensland, the state that I live in, doesn't have daylight savings. But tonight I'm quite grateful because if we did, it would be seven minutes past nine. And that's almost my bedtime. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I but I'm fantastic. And it's so good to be here. It's so good to see you. <laughs> well, I know. And it, it's, I, I was checking the last time we actually met uh, in person. It, I think, I think according to my Google photos, it's 2019, I think March, 2019, but that's, that's, I mean, that's mad. So we, we met at um, Social Media Marketing World, didn't we? Um, do, have, have you been, yeah, can you remember much about uh, Social Media Marketing World 2019? And uh, yeah, it was great. We, we um, I think we shared a, like a condo with, it was you, uh, Shelley and Christian Rosland, who uh, Shelley's, I think, been, Shelley's been on the show. Or she, if she hasn't, I need to sort that out pronto. Um, but yeah, that was back in 2019. Yeah, and my friend Kim O'Gorman from oh, that's right, yeah. as well. And that, yeah, that was so much fun. I loved that conference for the few years that I went to it. And that year socially was probably the most fun year because of sharing um, that apartment with all of you. It was, yeah. And I think that's what I'd always recommend if you're going to go to a conference like that. Either stay if you can afford it at the hotel itself. Sometimes the prices of these hotels is a little bit eye-watering. Or do what we did and hire a condo. And it's actually a lot cheaper and a lot a lot of fun because you're with other people. And uh, I think, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Mel, one of the biggest parts of going to these conferences, it's, it's not so much the content. I'm not knocking the content. The content's great. But it's about those conversations uh, and those connections, would you not say? Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things about social media marketing world and so many conferences today is that they live stream them or they record them. So you can watch all of the content later. What attracted me to go, you know, for four years to San Diego to that conference was the people and the relationships and the experience. And you just don't get that experience when you're watching it on a screen in your little office, wherever that might be around the world. So yeah. I really miss conferencing. That was the last conference I went to in person and um, as, a, as a delegate and not as a speaker because I speak at lots of conferences. And I just miss that camaraderie and that the, the conversations that you have in the cracks um, when you bump into somebody in the hallway in between sessions or you get to take a selfie with a speaker or you meet somebody who you've just really admired for years and you can say hello to them and have a quick, you know, quick chat with them. And it's just not the same when it's on a screen. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And there are things things that we can do if we're putting on a, a 
live event, uh, a virtual event. There are things that we can do to make it better, and we've talked about that on the show. If you if you want to find out more about how to create an amazing virtual event, uh, just search for the one that uh, interview I had with Janet Murray. But you are so right. There's it. There's it can't. It's never going to be the same because you you're not going to have those like one to one conversations. Uh, or small groups of conversations in the corridors or, or meeting a speaker. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I I haven't been to many conferences in the last couple of years. I, sh- I assume you haven't either because of, well, we're not going to talk about the last <laughs> no, couple of I years. But <laughs> I haven't been to any. Um, and I'm actually, I'm speaking at a conference in Brisbane in November and I'm so excited. I'm just going and, and I looked at the conference program the other day and discovered that a good friend of mine is giving the closing keynote and I've never heard her speak in person before. And somebody else who I really admire is giving the second to last keynote. And very conveniently, they're all both after my session on um, the last day of the conference. So I'll be able to do my bit and then go and watch them having and being able to relax. Um, exactly, and I just yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to meet new people. I can't wait to be on a stage and not talking down the barrel of a camera which can be really um, off-putting, particularly when it's a keynote and you've got no interaction from anybody. Absolutely. Or there's a delay, like there is, there's a slight delay. Uh, and so you kind of seeing yourself like a second after you're speaking, which is always a bit disconcerting. I've stuck a post-it hmm. note over my <laughs> face, yeah. so I can't exactly. see that. <laughs> exactly. I'm looking at a green square. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there you go. Um, so, uh, in today's show, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about your book, uh, Fully Connected, which uh, I really want to talk about. And we're going to be talking about the menopause. But before we get on to those things, uh, I want to... Uh, so, actually, first of all, I can see Katie uh, is... Uh, Katie Simpson is in the... Uh, in the chat. It's great to see you. She says, a fully connected book sounds great. I highly recommend it, Katie. Definitely. And also, Katie says about those conversations you can have in the cracks at conferences. So definitely. So if you haven't, if you are in the UK or you can get to the UK, I know it's a bit far for Mel, but you know, you can still get on a plane, but it's a bit bit more of a journey. We are putting on this big event, um, end of October, beginning of November. So do check that out. Uh, we'd love to see you there. IAG.me forward slash workshop. And you can find out more about that. But Mel, tell us if you can give us like a, a short version of how you got to where you are today. Uh, and what it what is it that you actually do? And I, I know we all hate these questions. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe maybe you love it. But uh, t- tell us how you got to where you are today and what you're doing these days. So the short version is I started my career post-university in event management. So I organised conferences and events for associations for the first few years and non-profits. And then I was hired to um, work for a global marketing agency running all the conferences and events for Microsoft in Australia for a year. So I had a team of six people and we ran 300 events in 12 months, which was about 250 events more than a team of six needs to do in a 12-month period. Uh, So we all ended the year completely exhausted and frustrated and burnt out, as you would expect with that much work. After that year, I decided enough was enough. It was 
um, the end of 1999 and the stress from overwork was really having a huge toll on my body and my mind. And so I quit my job. I was living in Sydney. I left Sydney and I moved to Brisbane and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I had fantastic jobs for the first five or six years I was in Brisbane. I was the marketing manager of a huge performing arts festival, which was so much fun. And then I worked for the state government in a few different departments. But after a few years in government, I got pretty sick of working for other people and doing work that definitely did not light me up or fill me with joy. And so I thought, oh, what can I do? What can I do? And I thought, I'm just going to take a chance and start my own business and see how that goes. I'd always thought that I would start my own business when I was closer to retirement, you know, late 40s, maybe mid 50s, which is what my father had done. He became a consultant when he was 55. Um, I certainly didn't expect that I'd become a consultant when I was 36, um, but it was the best thing I did for my professionally and career-wise. So that was 16 years ago and I've been working um, with a whole range of organisations in a lot of different ways. Today I work with leaders and teams to help them communicate, to, to create real connection and sustained engagement with their staff, with their broader workforce and with their customers. And the first part of any work that I do is around self-leadership. So how do you connect first with yourself so that you can then better connect with others? That's awesome. I, I love that. I, I love that so much, that idea of connecting with yourself, because so many of us do not do that work on ourselves first, and then we we hit a brick wall or something, you know, there's, uh, so this is something very close to my heart. And, uh, you also used a phrase, I, well, it wasn't quite spark joy. That's more, more kind of Marie Kondo, you know, in terms of, uh, but it's, it's finding something about something in your work that you love doing and, and bring, brings you that joy, which is maybe kind of, we'll come on to that in a minute about, um, when we're talking about your book before we do that though, Mel, I want to ask you about live streaming this, this show, uh, it's primarily about live streaming, but we do talk about um, we talk about life and our businesses and, and everything. But I just want to ask you about your live streaming experience. Have you had any um, any disasters or uh, anything that you've learned from in terms of uh, live streaming? Because we, we always like to ask this question. It makes us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> so I haven't done live streaming where I've organized and coordinated it. I've done quite a few sessions like this with people like you who have a lot of experience in live streaming and who've just said, here's the link, here are the instructions. I'll talk you through it if you can't figure it out. Last week, my friend Leanne and I were having a conversation about me being on her podcast and she said, are you up for an experiment? And I said, Oh, what a ridiculous question. You know I'm always up for an experiment. And when I was on her podcast um, about three years ago, our experiment then was that it would be the first time that she had recorded video with her little phone, you know, down the end of the table and we'd be chatting at the other end. Um, so we thought we'd try and do a live stream and she'd never done one before and I'd never done one before. And it was kind of working except the audio was awful and we couldn't hear each other. So... <laughs> We lasted about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes on this call that was live streamed to Facebook, LinkedIn, 
and a few other places, I think. Um, and fortunately, all of our guests and all the viewers were very understanding. We called it quits and we're going to have another go tomorrow, but I think we're not live streaming tomorrow. We're just going to record a podcast episode quite normally. So it was definitely an experience and I'm glad we tried it, but uh, I think <laughs> both of us were a bit scarred after that. Well, the, the <laughs> thing is that... you can watch it. I've got... I've put it on my. I've put it on my. Um, I wrote a blog post about it and about how experiments sometimes fail, and when you couch it as an experiment, nobody expects one hundred percent success because we all know that experiments don't always succeed. Anybody who did chemistry in high school will remember that. So we. Um, so I wrote a blog post about it, and if it isn't on my blog yet, it will be in a, in a few days' time. And I've got a link where people can watch our cringeworthy performance as we went live well we'll definitely check that out so if you go to uh, your website is melkettle.com uh so you can check that out go to melkettle.com and uh check out the the blog on there because uh that's, that's gonna be fun but it happens to all of us i mean it, it happened to i was i think Jan, janet moe my friend janet moe uh got me on to uh, a, a live stream and I, I was managing it so we can't blame Janet but for some reason my audio was like there was like a triple echo I have no idea why but it happens to us all so the, the, these things do happen so let's 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 talk about your book and then we'll get, talk about the menopause but so it, you talk a lot about um, reclaiming energy and finding joy um, how do so how do great leaders this is this is the this is the tagline how do great leaders prioritize themselves and reclaim their energy and find joy and and so i suppose this is this is the this is the whole book isn't it so uh but i mean have you got any uh, any tips and obviously we recommend that you buy the book the book is here by the way fully connected how great leaders prioritize themselves reclaim their energy and find joy uh, and it's by Mal Kettle, obviously. So you can go to Amazon or other bookstores. Uh, it's on Kindle. It's, there is a book book as well. So, uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about that. So I think there's people today are so exhausted, whether they're a leader in a traditional sense of leader or not. We're trying to do so many more things with less time, obviously with less energy. Work pressures are increasing for so many people, um, for women who are in their 40s and 50s. We're juggling, and for men, but we're often juggling small children or teenagers, elderly parents, big work pressures, um, managing our home as well. And for those of us who are women in our 40s and 50s, you can add menopause into the mix just to make things even more fun. And we will talk about menopause after. But there's, um, so is it any wonder that we're feeling a little bit exhausted and depleted and for so many people on the edge of burnout? There's three things I think that we need to be doing to prioritise ourselves. And the first is we need to have a level of self-awareness so we're actually aware of how we are currently feeling and um, being both physically and mentally. And it sounds really simple, that self-awareness, that obviously you don't feel, if you don't feel well, you'll do something about it. But I know from my personal experience, when I went through a phase of um, of overwhelm and anxiety and depression and burnout, I was really shocked when my doctor said to me, your blood pressure is really high, you're suffering from depression and you're on the edge of a breakdown because I knew I was not really coping with life, but I didn't think that it was as bad as he said it was. 
And so uh, that was when I was in my late 20-somethings. I did not have a lot of self-awareness. And so because I didn't have a lot of self-awareness, I didn't understand what it meant to put myself first in terms of self-care and to do things as simple as eat the right food, get enough sleep, make sure I wasn't overdosing every day on alcohol and caffeine, which, you know, it's pretty easy to do when you're stressed. They're two very easy um, tools to self-medicate with. Um, and so I think when we have this level, a greater level of self-awareness, we understand what could potentially be going wrong. The second thing when it comes to looking after yourself and prioritising yourself is knowing what's important to you. What do you value? What do you prioritise? And what are your strengths? And when we know our values and our priorities, we are far more inclined to say yes to things that help us achieve our values and priorities and no to things that don't. So many people are people pleasers. Um, I know I have been and I'm married to one. And so when you're a people pleaser, it's really, really easy to say yes to other people without thinking about the impact that that can have on your personal health, well-being and life in general. And then the third thing to become a fully connected leader and prioritise yourself is to make sure that you do things like um, get enough sleep, eat the right food, um, have enough exercise, have enough time in your day and your week to spend it with people who lift you up and to do things that fill you with joy and to laugh because without joy and laughter, What's the point of life? I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Mel. And uh, I think thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing all of that, because this is, I feel, some of the most important stuff that can be shared. And we don't hear it enough. We, you know, we, we talk a lot about business and marketing, but if we don't invest in ourselves first, then we're going to have big problems and we're not going to be able to achieve the stuff that we want to achieve. I, I can personally identify now when we had kids i know it's it's different you know with uh, the man uh you know i don't i'm not the one that's giving birth but i just remember when the kids were born uh, my i just i my brain just went completely uh i don't know to pot i just i kind of lost my brain for a few years um and i think we have different seasons in our lives and we we will talk about the menopause as being obviously a big season in the life of women but the, the 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 feeling that a lot of people will have they'll they'll probably agree with you in part mel but there's this big feeling of guilt like yes mel this is all great but like I, i'm not i'm not used to like thinking about myself that way i'm used to like spending time with my husband or with, or with my kids or whatever so what would you say to that because there is this feeling of guilt when you start thinking about yourself in this way i I'm not certainly not saying, you know, ditch your husband, ditch your kids, ditch your work responsibilities. I would love people to ditch the guilt because I think guilt is such a wasted feeling. Nothing changes really quickly overnight. So it's about taking small steps. So if you are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and on the edge of burnout, what's one thing that you can do each day to help you feel a little bit better? And what's one thing that you can do that's just for you? So one of the things that I coach my clients with is find one thing every day that gives you joy and do that every day and before you go to bed at night think about what's the one thing tomorrow that I'm going to do that's just for me that really brings me joy so that you go to bed and you go to sleep with something to look forward to the next day and 
so then no matter how crap your day might be the next day you've got this one thing that you're either that you've either done first thing in the morning or that you're going to do and that i find makes such a huge difference to your mental state and your emotional state um not always your physical state but it's that start of helping you feel human and helping you feel like you you are yourself again and I feel that's particularly important for people who do have young children because young children can sap all of your energy very, very quickly and easily so that it's really easy to get to the end of the day and think, oh, I'm just going to go to bed after I've had a bucket of wine um, because I've got no energy to do anything else. But if you take the time and think about something that you could do just for you, and it might only be something that takes five minutes, like it might just be having a cup of tea on your own before anybody gets up, sitting in the, sun in the morning or in front of the fire or with, um, you know, reading an article in a magazine or doing something that, you know, going for a walk on your own or getting someone to look after the kids so you can have a shower in peace if you've got small children. You know, you know what will work for you. And so make a list of things that you love to do. And if you've forgotten what you love to do, um, as I spent a lot of my life thinking I've forgotten what I love doing because all I was doing was working, eating and sleeping, I um, made a list and I thought about what did I love doing when I was a child and started to do some of those things again. Mm, that's really, I was, and you've actually answered the, or partly answered the question I was going to ask you, which is what if you, what if you've forgotten what actually sparks joy in your life? You know, and this can often happen when you are juggling so many plates and, you know, you're trying to make money, you're trying to look after the kids and you've forgotten. So I, I love that. But it, are there other ways, you know, talking to other people? Because I, I think that's really helped with me. Like sometimes I'll talk to Helen, my wife, I'll say like, can you remind me what I actually really enjoy doing? Or, or we'll have a chat. And, and I think sometimes actually speaking to other people about it is, is helpful. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that has saved me on many times in my life, particularly um, in those years when I was working 80 hours a week, was having a really solid network of people around me who, who lifted me up. And it doesn't need to be a huge number of people. It might just be one or two people. It might be a trusted friend or colleague at work. It might be a partner. It might be um, a friend you've had since you were a child or it might be a parent or an aunt. For me, it was one of my aunts. And just having someone that you can ring and know that you can just, you know, have a chat with them and have a laugh with them and sometimes unburden yourself with them. Um, I strongly recommend that you don't have one friend who is the only person you unburden yourself to all the time because that's a real test of a friendship. Um, but also know, know where your other support networks might be. So if you work for a large organisation, in Australia most organisations have what they call an employee assistance program where you can make an appointment to meet with someone or talk with somebody about what's happening in your world, whether it's work-related or home-related, and it's a psychological counselling service. It's free for, employee, for employees and it's anonymous. So, you know, ask your organisation, is there something like that? And if there's not, then can you talk to a doctor about it or do you need to take that next step and have an appointment to talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? <laughs> 
that's really, really helpful information. Don't do it alone. Build a, kind of, uh, a network of people around you. It doesn't have to be large, just a few people. And don't be afraid of asking those people because often, uh, I mean, I think of how many times people reach out to me it's it's hardly any at all. I think, I, and actually, if I think about myself, I th- I think I'm I'm actually pretty good at reaching out to, to people. But even me, I think the last couple of years we've all you know retreated into ourselves a little bit. I think, and we we need those people. So uh, Katie is saying, oh yes, sitting in the sun or in front of the fire. That sounds great. And Jason Hodge, welcome, Jason. Hope you're doing well. Saying great information. Uh, and Katie says, walking the doggy brings me joy or sitting, looking at the sea. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that too. Um, <clears throat> we need to talk about the menopause because today is World Menopause Day. Do check out, by the way, do check out another plug for Mel's book, Fully Connected by Mel Cattle. It is an awesome book. Uh, but today's World uh, Menopause Day. The first question I'm going to ask you is why on earth are we talking about this uh, today? Well, you know, this is the Confident Live marketing show. This is about live video. Why? 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 Tell, yeah. tell me why. <laughs> well, one reason is because I told you I wouldn't come on today unless we did. <laughs> um, and you said, okay, thank you. I think it's such an important topic because menopause is a natural stage of life that every woman or every person who's born with ovaries will go through if they reach the age of 55. So in the workplace, there's approximately 20% of the Australian and the UK workforce who is going through perimenopause or menopause. Perimenopause is that time leading up to menopause and it can last for up to 15 years. It often starts when you're in your early 40s. Um, For some women, it lasts for four or five years, but some very unlucky women can have it last for a whole lot longer. Menopause itself is just one day, and it's that one day that marks 12 months since a woman had her last period. Um, And then the period, the time after that is called postmenopause. So women can go women and and the, the biggest challenge with menopause for most women is that it the symptoms are physical, emotional, and mental. So the physical symptoms might be you find it hard to sleep at night, um, you have hot flushes, you have night sweats, you um, have your periods change, your skin dries out, you get this hideous thing called dry eye. Um, and then there's, there's emotional and mental symptoms like brain fog and forgetfulness and anxiety. And for me, the physical symptoms were embarrassing because I used to sweat all the time, um, but it was the mental symptoms and the emotional symptoms that were really debilitating because I was I just had this brain fog forgetfulness that was so bad, I thought I was going through early onset dementia. And thankfully, I wasn't. Um, and thankfully, that time has passed, but for me at least. But so many women experience symptoms like that and so that impacts on their home lives and their family lives and their work lives the reason that we need to talk about it more is because if you live with somebody who's in the 40 to 55 age bracket then chances are if they're not experiencing symptoms of menopause yet they will be 
80% of women who go through menopause do experience obvious symptoms. The a very lucky 20%, the only thing that they go through and notice is their period changes. Um, that was not me, unfortunately. And then of the other 80%, 20% of women have such debilitating symptoms that they just can't function. 60% um, of women, it's noticeable and it's obvious. And the vast majority of women say that the symptoms that they have have a really negative impact on their ability to work. And so that is the main reason I believe that we need to be talking about it at work so that we understand what's going on so that we can have greater empathy, greater understanding and put practical solutions in place to support women who either need to still stay at work or who want to stay at work um, so that they can do the best job that they that they want to be doing. Yeah, well, no, that's really, really helpful stuff. And I think this is, I mean, I'll be totally honest, you know, when you mentioned talking about the menopause, I was thinking, first of all, I was thinking, well, I'm a man. I like. I don't really feel I can give much to this conversation. But then it dawned on me, and you, you kind of like said this, and, and my wife Helen said this. The thing is, like, if you are a man, you will know women. There will be women in your life that will be going through the menopause at some point, and so it's really important for whether, whether you are uh, a woman who is uh, younger or a man. We need to be, to to understand more about it so that we can support them. And second of all, there is still this there's there's a stigma about it. I think because menopause is almost like an embarrassing topic. It's like talking about periods. You know, even though we are in the 21st century, people feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about it. And and I'm really encouraged by uh, the comments that we're getting today because I wouldn't be surprised if there were people watching. I can see you know we've got quite a few people watching, but. You know, if you feel embarrassed talking about that, that, that I mean, that's totally understandable and un, un, understood. But this is why talking about it, bringing this topic that affects basically so many people in the world, uh, it's so important to talk about it. So um, tell us a little bit more uh, about your story. And then I, I'd like to then move on to like some strategies that are useful for women as they go through the menopause. Oh, and just by the way, I just uh, I can see some comments. I can see that uh, Therese is here on Facebook. Thank you, Therese, who's saying post-menopause is the worst, worst. And Katie says the symptoms can be mega diverse. It's amazing. And Katie, don't worry, I know you've you left me a, a big comment, which I will come a couple of big comments, which I'll come back to, and I'll ask those questions. Uh, I'll ask Mel those questions later. So Mel, yeah, tell us uh, about your experience and some strategies. Just before I um, share my experience, I just want to go back to you saying why men need to know about it. I did a radio interview about maybe five or six years ago when I first started talking about menopause and why we need to talk about it and raise awareness. And the radio announcer was a man who was probably in his mid-50s at the time. And at the end of it, he said to me, I really wish I'd had this conversation with you five or six years ago because my wife has been going through menopause and it's been really hard for her and neither of us really understood what was happening to her. And then he said to me, she was angry all the time and I've spent four of the last five years thinking she was going to divorce me because she was angry, at, angry with me for things that I didn't know. You know, I couldn't work out what it was or what I'd done. And my heart just broke for him because I thought, how, how 
awful to be living on tender hooks for that length of time with this woman who you obviously really love and how awful for her to not fully understand what was happening to her because she didn't have the right support to um, provide the right medical solutions to make it better for her. So, you know, menopause, um, I believe, you know, there's a really high rate of divorce with people in their 40s and 50s, and I would not be at all surprised to learn that one of the reasons for that is menopause and the hormonal changes, uh, the mood swings that come with that and the all of the things that, you know, menopause does to our bodies. And the other thing that's really tragic is that female suicide is really high for women in their 50s. And, I've, again, I've got... I don't, there's no research that's been done around this, but I would not be at all surprised to know or to hear that it's because of menopause and women not feeling that they can cope or believing that there's some detrimental thing happening to their body that is slowly killing them. That's, I mean, that's awful, awful to hear. But this, this is why it's, this is why it's so important. And this is, this is something that can be, well, I I was going to use the word fixed, um, it can. There is a. If there is understanding, if there is knowledge, then these things can obviously help. It it's it might not resolve all divorces and, and suicides, but it can do so much to to help. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're in a relationship, if you're married to somebody who's going through the menopause, if you understand what they're going through, and you you can come up with if you can help them in some way and understand them, that's going to be so, so helpful. And also if you're going through the menopause and you're not entirely sure what's happening to your body, and it's not just the, it's not just the physical, as you were saying, it's, it's also a mental thing as well. Um, and this is, um, we'll, we'll talk about both in a bit, but t- tell us a little bit more about your story. So I went through menopause when I was quite young. I um, came off the pill when I was 41 or 42 and, I gained 10 kilos in 10 weeks, started to just not feel quite right in my body. And I put it down to coming off the pill. Um, And about a year later, I went to see my doctor again and said, something's wrong with me. I'm really forgetful. Um, I'm really anxious. Like I'm extremely anxious and I've never been an anxious person. And she said, give me an example. And I said, so my husband works a 45-minute drive away from home. He has to drive on a major freeway to get from his work to our home. He'll text me when he's leaving the office and say, I'll be home at this time. If he's even three minutes late, I will assume he's been in a car accident and killed and is dead in a ditch somewhere. And she looked at me and said, that's not normal. (laughs) I said, I know, it's not normal. And I'd never been like that. And you know, there were all these other things that were happening to me as well. And she just didn't, like I said to her, I think I'm going through perimenopause. And she said, well, how old are you again? And I was 43 or 44. And she said to me, you're too young. My pa- my average patient is 52. So um, in terms of the weight gain, you're just eating too much. So eat a bit less so unhelpful and come back when you're 52 and I'll just give you some HRT and I thought not helpful went away did a whole lot of research started writing a blog called just as juicy where I shared some of my research and um, went to see a new doctor and sure enough by the time I was 47 my menopause was done and dusted and all over so it it 
just um, it was a time of my life where I really didn't know what was going on. I couldn't talk to my mother because she was dead. I couldn't talk to my older aunts because they just refused to talk about it. And my younger aunt was um, not really in a good place for me to have a conversation with her about it at the time because she had a lot of other stuff going on. So I didn't really know where to turn. Um, None of my friends wanted to talk about it because none of them were going through it because, you know, I was young. So I just um, decided that it was time that we needed to raise the conversation more. And five or six years ago, nobody really wanted to talk about it. So I'm really grateful now that conversations about menopause are happening everywhere. And the more of us who can talk about it, whether it's with a partner or a friend or in the workplace, the better. Absolutely. It's it's shining a light on something that is so, so important, affects so many people. So, And there are, it sounds like there, there are just so many myths about the menopause because people, I would not, uh, well, I, I would not think that anxiety was going to be one of those um, things that would come from the menopause and uh, forgetfulness and, and all those kinds of things. Um, I mean, Katie says here, um, same here with regarding the anxiety. I was given an extreme anxiety rating from a mental health team and I couldn't understand it as I'm naturally quite chilled, but it's a horrid feeling. So, uh, yeah, I, so I suppose what would you suggest if um, there's a, a woman watching or listening who is concerned about this, uh, that maybe they've, maybe they're they're, they're in a similar situation to you. They're, they're in their, I don't know, early to mid forties and they've not thought about the, what they're going through as being the menopause. What, what would you suggest? Because you, you've given us, uh, obviously a very, uh, challenging, um, story about you, you you saw a doctor who was not helpful and there are doctors out there that are wonderful and there are doctors out there that are not so wonderful so what would you suggest what are what are some of the things that pe- uh, women should do i think you need to find a doctor that understands menopause and in australia and new zealand there's the australasian medical association which has a, a directory of doctors who have had additional training when it comes to menopause and who have a special interest in women's health and menopause so if you're in australia or new zealand check that list out i assume that the uk menopause association that's not its name, I've forgotten what its name is, but I would assume that they would have a similar directory Um, and the same in the US or Canada or, you know, whatever country you might happen to be in. So have a chat, have a look for that first and try and find a doctor who's near you who is going to be able to give you the support that you need. The other um, place you can go is ask your friends. You know, if you've got friends or if you've got older relatives or colleagues or family members who you know have gone through menopause, ask them what did they do? Who was the doctor? Did they have a medical professional that they can recommend to you? Um, And I think it's also if you're not going through it yet, then start having conversations so that you are prepared when it does start. Because I know for me, I reckon I had symptoms for a good probably four or five years before I realised what was happening. Um, The other women who go through menopause really early are women who have um, gynaecological surgeries. So if they have a hysterectomy or they have their ovaries removed or they have a gynaecological cancer, um, then that can trigger an early menopause as well. So, and a lot of that's not talked about either. So if you're 
facing surgery for, um, you know, to have a part of your reproductive system removed, have a conversation with your doctor about the impact that will have on your hormones and whether that will send you into early surgical menopause. Well, that's really, really helpful information there. So do, don't do, do some research is basically what you're saying. And I think it's we are in a much more encouraging time where it is possible to talk to more people about it. Whereas I think about my parents' generation, when they were talking to their parents, it just, yeah, there's just no way you would talk about this kind of thing. Um, and somebody on Facebook, we can't see who you are because Facebook, saying, love that you're having this conversation. Thanks so much for sharing. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, Katie says the UK has a balance app, which has tons of info and resources, which is great. And uh, the Facebook user says, what I found with doctors, sometimes you unfortunately have to fight to get tests. Um, because you are the only one that knows your body is is best uh, as well. So, oh, it's Jen Watson. Great to see Jen. Thank you. So um, let's talk about some strategies. So uh, maybe it would be good to think, talk a little bit about about, um, some of the, uh, you mentioned HRT, um, because that's often the thing that people talk about. And I also want to, at this point, just um, bring up Katie's comment from earlier, who says, uh, we need uh, an education about the menopause. I think hormone depletion has been affecting me since my 20s and now contributing to me being uh, what you would call the, call disabled. The word gives a horrible feeling about it, um, about being old. Um, um, what does she say? It's not as cut and dried as it certainly could be, or, uh, but I didn't know anything about it until like, three weeks ago. Um, and she also put uh, earlier on, uh, where was the comment before yes she said i didn't realize that you can boost your hormones and new medications aren't nearly as dangerous as the media told us they were in fact they're pretty natural so there's maybe there's a lot of i don't know whether there's negativity that i've heard negativity about hormone uh, hrt and hormones uh and i've heard some i've heard negatives and positives so what what's your view on this and how should women uh find out about this so that they can make the best decisions for for their lives and their bodies so I'm not a doctor or a healthcare professional, so I'm certainly not about to give medical advice. But what I will say is find a good doctor. And there's so many resources available now. So Google menopause and your the country that you live in, um, Google Menopause Association, and look for a medical professional that will work with you to work out what the best solution is to help you through this time of your life and also know that it is a time and it's a phase it's it's a phase of life that does pass um things will get better for you it might not seem like they ever will at the time but menopause does you know that we do progress through it and the vast majority of women move into a very um energetic and productive later phase of life once they've gone through menopause and a couple of years of post-menopause. There's some also some fantastic books and resources. My favourite book, and I don't have it in front of me. Hang on, I'll just grab it. This is the, the joys of uh, finding your books. I mean, I'm very impressed, Mel, that you can and actually find your book. Myself from my, um, just <laughs> yes. dislocate myself from my lapel mic at the same time. It's all right, it's all right. <laughs> This book here, The Menopause Manifesto by Dr. Jen Gunter, is one of the best books available at helping you understand menopause and what it's doing to your body and your mind. So Jen is um, is a 
gynecologist and obstetrician. She's Canadian. She lives in the US. She's active on Instagram. Her Instagram account, if you don't follow her, is absolutely fantastic. I think her Instagram is Dr. Jen Gunter, G-U-N-T-E-R. And um, you can get her book really easily. I bought it at my very small local bookshop and I know that it's been published globally. So if you do have questions, follow her. She writes a great newsletter as well. Um, and her information is really easy to understand and with humour a lot of the time because when things like this are happening to us, laughter makes it a lot easier to go through. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So um, and thank you for reminding me. I, I should have mentioned the caveat uh, that obviously we're, we're not doctors and so uh, we're not giving any kind of like um, medical information. This is just just well, Mel's experience and, and what she's learnt over the years. Uh, and so if you are experiencing any any issues, uh, any medical issues, then see a doctor about it. Um, J- Jason is talking about C-sections. So I don't know whether that affected it. When um, my wife, Helen, had uh, two uh, C-sections with our kids. Uh, have you heard anything, any information about whether that has any effect on uh, menopause? Or is that something you've not heard about? no. I've never heard any connection between having a C-section and menopause. Um, That Mm. isn't to say there is one, but for some women, but it's not something that I've ever heard discussed. No. I would imagine the only time it might be an issue is if the woman had to have a partial hysterectomy or a full hysterectomy at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that makes sense. That would be common. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so let's, let's, so we, we, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about some strategies, but I, I want to kind of think about what are the strategies that are useful for, for women as they, they either approach the menopause or are going through the menopause. And then I'm going to ask you a question about how strategies for men, how they can support the women in their lives. But let's talk about women first. You know, how, um, what are the, some strategies that you found helpful and you'd recommend for women to, to look at? So I um, am just going to flip this question slightly and share a few strategies of how you can have conversations about it in your workplace because the place that most women are most impacted by menopause is work. Um, So if you work in an environment with women who are in their between the age of 40 and 55, then make an assumption that if they're not going through menopause yet, it's not far off. Have some kindness for these women and have some empathy and have some understanding when they don't do things or say things or behave in ways that you might expect. If you work in a workplace or if you have any influence in your workplace around training and development or um, lunch and learns or any kind of wellness program, then make suggestions. Can we have conversations about menopause? Can we start raising awareness so that more people in our organisation understand what menopause is and what the support is that we can be providing in our workplace? And ask women and talk to women in your workplace and see what support they might need. Now, there'll be women who don't want to be a part of the conversation, um, but there will be women who will. And so think about 
what are the forums that you use in your workplace to communicate? Do you use Slack or do you use Teams or do you use um, Yammer or Facebook Workplace? And can you start up a couple of groups, one for people who just want general information about how to support women going through menopause that anybody can be a part of and one for women who are going through it so they've got other people in the workplace to talk about it with? Um, and then think about what is it, what are some of the things that women need? Um, mostly uh, flexibility of work is probably the one thing that most people would appreciate so that, and, and one of the benefits of COVID is that there has been that flexibility of work and there's been working from home where you can put clothing on and take clothing off and control the air conditioning and have a nap if you're exhausted and have more control over how you plan your day so that you can make it work based on the menopause symptoms that you may be experiencing at the time. That's really helpful. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's creating an environment where there's understanding and there's uh, places where if women want to be able to, to talk about it, that they can go uh, to, and there's, there's that support available. That's really, really important. And, you know, this is whether you've got a, a bigger business, if you're, it's a corporate environment or if it's a smaller business, you know, for example, with, with me, I, I'm a smaller business, but I do have a small team. And so it's still, still an important, I, I would assume you would agree that it doesn't matter what, how small or big the, the organization is. Um, so like strategies for, I suppose you kind of answered this, but strategies for men, um, either in the work environment or, uh, or at home, how, how can they support the women in their lives. I, I assume that part of it is the having the conversations that we're having today. So it's it's understanding about learning more about it. But uh, how, how sometimes this can be not all not everyone, as you quite rightly said, are going to feel comfortable talking about it. So yeah, some some help and strategies on that. So a lot of the um, comfort level comes down to how much do you trust the person whether it's a man or a woman, who you feel that you would like to have this conversation with, whether you're the instigator of the conversation because you're worried about a colleague or a friend or whether you're the person who's going through menopause and needs someone to talk to about it. If there's no trust, it's highly unlikely that you're going to want to have that conversation because there's no trust. And menopause is a deeply, deeply personal experience for women who are going through it. If you are a man and you're, or a manager or man or woman and you believe that you have friends or colleagues or staff that report to you who are struggling with menopause, please don't come out and say to them, are you going through menopause? How can I help? <laughs> the far gentler way is to say, are you okay? I've noticed over the last days, weeks, months, that you're not yourself at the moment. I've noticed that you're not as focused as you normally are. I've noticed that you um, seem a bit more tired than usual. Is there anything going on that you would like to talk about? And whether there is or there isn't, is there anything I can do to make work easier for you? And then see what comes out. 
that's that's a lovely way of putting it yeah so like there's sometimes there's a <laughs> there's a difference between like how it fit how, how you can say it in your head and how you should say it so don't just come out with the first thing that's going on in your head you might you might try you might think you're trying to be helpful but uh, i i think so what i recommend is just rewind and just just have that 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 that's a um, couple of sentences that Mel said in your mind um, for the future, definitely. Well, we're almost out of time, Mel. Uh, I think this is a topic that actually we could talk about much, much more. Um, but uh, I do I do think we need to to leave it there. How can if people have questions and want more support about this, um, obviously they can see their doctor, but is there, are, are there any resources? I think you said that you've written about this as well. Uh, have you got some uh, recommendations that people can go to? Yeah, I have. So I have a list of resources. Um, if you, um, I don't think I've actually got it easily on my website at the moment, but if you want to shoot me an email or connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm really happy to um, send you the document that I've got. I will have it on my website at some stage. I just haven't got around to it yet. You know what it's like. Um, and, and you can connect with me through my website, melkettle.com or on LinkedIn or on Instagram or on Twitter. And I'm at Mel Kettle for all of my socials. Um, always happy to answer questions if I can or point you in the right direction. Um, there's a whole lot of work in the UK that's being done by some amazing organisations to raise awareness of menopause. There's a fantastic group on LinkedIn that I'm in that my friend Kate Billing runs. Um, Kate's in New Zealand and there's some great work coming out of New Zealand on menopause and menopause in the workplace. If you're looking for resources as to what you can be doing in your workplace, again, um, get in touch. I'm happy to share links to places that have resources that can really easily be tailored for your workplace. There's a lot of open source information out there that's been generously created and shared for free by organisations and individuals who want to make life as easy as possible for organisations who want to support women going through menopause. Mm, thank, thanks, Mel. It's uh, such an important topic. And as Katie says, a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you both for being bold enough to discuss it. It's so important. Thank you, Mel, for for coming up with it, this topic because it wouldn't be something that I would think about. But but it is so so important. Now you've got you've got a, a book club. So just before we finish, um, at uh, to tell us a little bit more about your book club, which I'll just put up on the screen here. Yeah, thanks. Um, and before I talk about that, thank you so much for being open to having this conversation because a lot of men would not be. Um, in terms of my book club, it's called Connected Learners and it's a book club where I read the books so you don't have to. Every month we talk about five or six books. Um, they'll Sometimes they'll be on a theme, sometimes they'll just be random books that I've read over the last month, probably a few Harvard Business Review articles thrown in as well. Um, it's once a month, it's for an hour, it's over Zoom. The, there's a link, um, if you just go to my website, you'll find it. It's melkettle.com slash connected-learners. And if the time zone for me doesn't work, I've got a link um, for my friend Rebecca who runs a similar book club in Canada with a East Coast, North American East Coast time zone, um, which is very similar. I basically ripped off her idea with her blessing and um, starting my own. So yeah, I'd love to see awesome. you there if, you will, if you're that's, interested in that. That's, that sounds great. That sounds great. So you don't even have to read the book. You just turn up uh, and uh, just, 
it's kind of like Matrix style. It's like when uh, it, it downloads the uh, how to kind of fly a helicopter. It's, it's like that. You basically download the book into your head. So that is melkettle.com forward slash connected dash learners. Check that out. Uh, well, Mel, it's been so good to have you on the show. Uh, if you... Uh, if you have been, I suppose, affected or, or something about what Mel's been saying today is is uh, made you think a lot more about this and if there's something that's concerning you, then then obviously we'd recommend speak to your doctor about it. But if you've got any other questions, do do reach out to Mel. I'm sure she'd be very happy to uh, get back to you on that. But thank you, Mel. It's been great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Ian. Great to catch up again. It's been way too long. We it's been, to well, we're going to have to... Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm definitely, uh, it's been the 90s since the last time I went to Australia, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it will happen. Well, thank you, Mel. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much for watching, for listening. Do remember this is a podcast that comes out every Friday. Uh, so if you go to iag.me forward slash podcast, you can follow it. You can listen to episodes, uh, subscribe to it. It's Of course, subscribing is completely free in your favorite app. Thank you so much for everyone watching live. Um, today. It's been great to have you here. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. toodaloo.